Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. out of December, zero for December. I once worked with a man by the name of the Professor Lee Bowen who told me he was zero for the 80s, but that's another story. You're going to have to buy me a couple of Miller Lights in order to tell you that. Uh, rest in peace, the Professor. Together we stand, divided we fall, right? Roger Waters, deep, uh, lyrically speaking. Some of the best that we've ever had the opportunity to listen to and re-listen to time and again, time and again. But I feel it. I do. A tremendous amount of anxiety. It's bleeding into my headset. I can feel it from Lane Avenue in the west side and outside of Lane, maybe Cassett, perhaps Blanding. With apologies to you and yours, that's basically Iraq to me. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on over in those parts. All you beautiful people down at the beach, uh, down at the beach, including Ponte Vedra, <laughs> where it's always a hoot, right? Especially when they're on the hunt, um, looking for their third husband. Don't know what to say to you uh, in the bedroom town where I live, where the bar is shut down at about I don't know. It's almost last call. I don't know what to say to you. Um, This team right now is hurting. This team right now is up against it. But I still think the finish line is there. I still believe they're the best team in the AFC South. And, yes, it's very difficult to overcome dropping three straight. And the frustration yesterday by Doug Peterson uh, was obvious. Uh, His delay. I mean, it took him like 47, 48, but whatever, to, to come in and talk to us, which um, is really a shame. I mean, I'm not on deadline like scribes are. You know, I can, it, it, it doesn't affect me. You know, as soon as he speaks, I'm going to tweet. Um, but I do respect the colleagues. You know, I do respect the gig that, that they have to do. I, I, I have to believe that if that was in Philadelphia, he would have gotten ripped. He would have gotten destroyed. Um, I don't know. Around here, you can apparently do whatever the hell you want to do uh, without there being uh, any recourse. And I understand that Trevor was put in the concussion protocol. And uh, if you don't know, Doug Peterson is also a doctor. Every once in a while, we can refer to him, too, uh, as Dr. Uh, Peterson. So um, that's that. But I, I don't think there are problems in the locker room. I don't think there's finger pointing that is going on in the locker room. I just don't. I think it's happening with this fan base. And you just need to slow down. Okay? Slow down. Pump the brakes. This is a losing franchise. It is the second worst franchise in the history of the NFL. You're 197 and 267. And you're acting like Patriot fans in the decade of 2000 to 2020. Stop it! You were one game above 500 a year ago, and you're two games above 500 this year. 197 and 267, you have to go 12 and 5 for the next 10 years just to get to 500. So where's all this coming from? 
This is a losing franchise. Pump the brakes. Relax, okay? I mean, Trevor this, Trevor that, fire Peterson, fire Balky. I mean, I mean, just calm down. At least there's been a little bit of excitement around here. At least you went to the playoffs a season ago. You're headed towards the playoffs this year unless it is an absolute, complete collapse. I'm honestly trying to figure out what it is that you want. It wasn't a good game plan yesterday. Offensively, defensively. Uh, The offensive line actually did an adequate job against the number one ranked sack team in the NFL. Baltimore came in with 49. You look at the sack statistics, one. You look at pressures, it's like, wow. Did Walker Little really allow eight pressures? Yesterday, well, Doug Peterson tells us today, he's playing hurt. Ezra Cleveland, playing hurt. Brandon Sheriff has been hurt since the moment he got off the plane and arrived here a couple of years ago. I mean, I give him credit for being a professional. I give him credit for being a tough guy. But, you know, it's, it's like the Cal Ripken streak. In a way, Cal got all these awards and all these people are like, oh, Cal, you go to work every day. And, oh, Cal, you know, you're the iron horse. And, oh, Cal, you're the, I mean, come on. It was selfish. There were days where you knew Cal Ripping was going to show up and you could just put down a zero for four. Everyone needs to take a day off. Everyone needs some time away. Recharge the batteries, do whatever it is. It, it does. It becomes almost selfish. Now, I'm not calling... Brandon Sheriff, a selfish player. They don't have anyone else. I mean, who are you going to plug in? Shatley, I guess, came in yesterday for one play. You're asking Shatley to do everything. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, You know, only time will tell. Maybe Cooper Hodges is your starting right guard uh, for the 2024 season. We know it's not going to be uh, Brandon Sheriff. But the offensive line is hurt. You're having drops. You had four drops yesterday, two by ETN. Who also is playing hurt? Why are you running him when the game's out of hand? Why are you playing Trevor when the game is out of hand? And why isn't Trevor going down? Why is he taking a massive blow with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter? You want to blame Trent Baalke for that? You want to blame Doug Peterson for that? You want to blame Mike McCoy for that? You don't think they've told him to hang on to the ball? You don't think they've told him to get down? Of course they have. Trevor's trying to make a play. Trevor lets it go during the spirit of competition. But you people telling me that you got to bench him and he's never going to be a star. You, all right, now that he's in the protocol, you really want to walk out C.J. Beathard this weekend in Tampa where all of a sudden the Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield was like Otto Graham this past weekend. Baker Mayfield was Brad Johnson, Doug Williams, um, help me out here, Jeff Garcia. Uh, he, he was the greatest that, that Tampa Bay has ever seen. Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, that's where you're going. They're tied for first place. I've been saying all along they're going to win these last three games. All of a sudden, I'm like, whoa. If Trevor can't go, you got to go, oh, oh, it's Christmas Eve. Be home with the fan. Oh, the Jags drew a, oh, they drew a short, what a shock. The Jaguars drew a short straw. 
just calm down and take it for what it is. This is a this is a average football team in an average league. There's not a lot of great teams in the NFL. Who is the best team right now in pro football? Is it all of a sudden Buffalo again? Is it San Francisco, the same team that came in here two months ago in a three-game losing streak? Is it Philadelphia, who's lost, what, two out of the last three? We'll watch them tonight. Kansas City looked old. New England may be the worst team in pro football, and that wasn't an incredible effort uh, by the Chiefs. So this remains a week-to-week league. But I'm, I'm just trying to understand the fan base. And for the most part, I love this fan base. You know, there was forever when, you know, Florida played football for like a thousand years and never won anything outside of the time that they cheated. And they used to say, you know, they act like they have a tradition of Notre Dame, but it's actually like Wake Forest. And that was forever. It was kind of like the underlying joke for rivals of Florida. I'm well aware of what this franchise has done. They have eight playoff wins in their lifetime. They made two AFC championship games in 96 and 99. And they made one a few years ago in January of 2018. But a lot of you people are really acting like this franchise is 70 games above 500 lifetime, not 70 games below 500 lifetime. Just where did this come from? And I I noticed it real early this year. I was getting as many complaints with wins as I was with losses. And, and you know that you were a part of that. Ask yourself that question now. For those of you who are complaining that they weren't winning and it wasn't sexy enough, don't you feel kind of, uh, kind of off now? Wouldn't you take those ugly wins any day as opposed to a, um, you know, a hard-earned loss? It's not a good football team at the line of scrimmage. And I tell you what, they gambled and they lost on Josh Allen. Just, just hand him a blank check. You cannot go into next year without Josh Allen. He had eight pressures yesterday. Pro Football Focus told us that he had a, um, a win pass block rate uh, at uh, 40.9, which is almost unheard of in the NFL. I know, a lot of pe- I know a lot of you out there don't want to say it. Trayvon Walker played well. That's what you got. You're not getting much inside. I thought you got decent coverage. I thought the defense played well enough to win that game yesterday after obviously being a big part of the problem in the first two losses against backup quarterbacks. I thought they played against Lamar Jackson well enough to win. If you you didn't go to the game or if you were drunk at the game, and if so, I mean, it's hard not to blame you. Watching the way this team has played as of lately, you need to be under some sort of, uh, of substance or, or two. But when you look at 42 carries, 251 yards, it's damaging. It wasn't that bad. It really wasn't the first half. It really wasn't the third quarter. And if Jacksonville could make field goals, if Jacksonville wouldn't have pre-snap penalties, if Jacksonville could hang on to the football, four drops yesterday, and, and Calvin Wrigley's ball isn't even considered a drop. Now, it was deflected, but he got his paws on it. 
If you're going to pay him top five money, if you're going to pay him top 10 money, don't you have to make that reception? Don't you have to hang on to that ball? And some thought it was a touchdown anyway. Of course, he reviewed it, and they went with the call on the field. Um, I actually thought it was a touchdown from my viewpoint. It it wasn't called uh, as a touchdown. And, oh, by the way, the whole Calvin Wrigley thing now, this is almost becoming like your shooting percentage in the NBA. I have never, in the 30-plus years that I have done this, grabbed the box score after the game and looked at receptions compared to targets. It's becoming almost a weekly go-to. Five of 12 yesterday. That is terrible. There's another way to say it. I mean... It's a turd. You can do whatever you want. You can sterilize, disinfect. You can do whatever. It's still a turd. This is a turd. 5 of 12 is your number one wide receiver. That, that's awful. You don't win when you go 5 of 12. 12 targets. 5 receptions. 39 yards. This football team yesterday was 3 of 13 on third down. You can't win when you do that. Fix it. You can't run. What are you putting Blake Hansen? I mean, hell, throw him the football. This football team cannot run the ball. They are 26th in pro football. 26th. And you're wondering why they're struggling to make it to the playoffs. That is a total, complete, absolute embarrassment. 26th. In rushing. Yesterday started out great. What was it? Four carries, 27 yards for ETN. Ah, Baltimore made an adjustment. And what did Baltimore do after that? Ah, I wrote it down here. First four carries, 22 yards. The next six carries for ETN, nine yards. Nine yards. You know, there are some of you out there that think that Anton Harrison was only selected because Cam was caught and got popped for four games. I made the point a year ago. I made it this year. This football team is never going to take the next step until they fix that offensive line. Consistently, I don't care what the entity is. I don't care what the particular grades are. Jacksonville is 30th, 31st, or 32nd with their offensive line. It is soft and it is friendly. They play in quicksand. And the end result of that is you can't run the football and your quarterback is getting clobbered. This team will never take that next step until they fully address that offensive line. And it was a bad performance yesterday for Walker Little. I still think he is your future left tackle, although he's obviously injury prone. I want to say that Anton Harrison is getting better. Pro Football Focus tells me he had three pressures allowed yesterday. Okay? It's his first year. The interior offensive line, good luck. I already know the questions that are going to come in during the offseason. Need a receiver. 
need another pass rush end, need another safety. You need offensive linemen, okay? I mean, just address it right now. Offensive line, offensive line, and offensive line. Even if you're down on Trevor Lawrence today, they're not getting rid of Trevor Lawrence. He turned 24 in October, okay? He has made a... And in some circles, if you want to say that this year has been a setback, sure, I'll accept this. And brother, I am not a Trevor Lawrence apologist at all, not even close to it. But I still think he's one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, and I still think he has an opportunity to get better. Give Trevor Lawrence a rushing attack. Give Trevor Lawrence a balanced attack. Give Trevor Lawrence an offensive line. Screw the defense. Outscore your opponent. That's what this football team has to do. The money and the draft picks have to go to the offensive line. You can find running backs. Tank Bigsby, one play yesterday. One freaking play. Third round pick. Look at the kid who got hurt out for the year. Undrafted free, you find running, running backs literally grow on trees. So there's a lot of pressure right now in this organization, and thankfully they get a chance to get away because, uh, oh, the media's been so rough and the fans are even worse. Mean and rough and tough. Jacksonville, upset with their football team. You should be upset with their football team. They're 2-5 and five at home. They can't play under the lights. I mean, I hear from my Boston boys and all of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, just a terrible look by this team with an opportunity to make a statement. And I'm sure it really doesn't matter to them. I'm sure it matters much more to you. Again, they're over it. (laughs) They watch film today. They get an off day tomorrow. They're over it. (laughs) They are over it. They've moved on. Okay, yeah, I'd love to say you deserve better uh, as the fans uh, right here in Jacksonville. But, you know, it it simply is uh, what it is. This game could have been totally different. Trevor Lawrence doesn't drop that ball in the 18. I don't know what to make of that. I mean, that just absolutely cannot happen. That's an unforgivable mistake. McMahon is missing a 50-yarder and a 55-yarder. All right, that happens. He's missed four out of five. I still think it was a real good signing by Trent Baalke. He's 24 of 30. All right, he's going through a little bit of a slump right now. Uh, If you have a kick to win a game, if you have a kick that would put you into the playoffs, if you have a playoff kick, 55 yards, a lot of of guys in the NFL, they, they make them nowadays. I get it. He missed. He hit the upright. From 50. Uh, and missed from 55. Okay. It, it happens. And it was just a long list of mistakes that all happened in fruition. Four times inside the 40 and zero points. You can't do that to your defense. You're not good enough to do that to your defense. And, you know, listening to Doug Peterson today, who remains the player's coach, Parker Washington, um, outside of his drop, He's making some plays. We learned more about the final play before halftime. It was asked to him a couple of times last night, and Doug Peterson 
was pretty generic. He was a little bit more expressive with that today. As a matter of fact, do we have any of that? Uh, JJ, let's see here. Uh, concussion, uh, negatives. I, I don't think we have that. Yeah, well, he talked about Washington's <laughs> route on the last play. Yeah, let's play that. This is that the last play and, you know, not getting out of bounds or not spiking the football. Here's Doug Peterson with that answer this afternoon. No, it's just a it's a flat route. It's a right to the, right to the flat. Um, you know, in that situation, the intent is to, um, you know, the intent is to, if you can score, score. If not, you throw it away, right? And and you either give yourself an opportunity to run another play if time permits, or you kick the field goal. And uh, just to, it's a great teaching moment again for us to, to go back through that situation and, and, and coach that up and and um, I don't know if Parker this season's been in that situation you know um, you know Trevor has it's the same play we scored against them last year when we hit Martin Jones in the back of the end zone it's the exact same play so you know um, that's you know that's the intent um, you know of that of that play wrong Totally unacceptable. Wrong. Loved his description. Appreciate his transparency. But don't give me teaching moment. You're in the NFL. It's your full-time job. It's the second time in three weeks. He's made mistakes. Ran a wrong route. Didn't get out of bounds. Uh, He's a rookie. He's no longer a rookie. It was game what? 14? Game 15? You trying to tell me in high school he didn't know how to get out of bounds? Trying to tell me at Penn State he didn't know how to get out of bounds? You know how to get out of bounds. You're sitting on the couch. I know how to get. I mean, teaching point. That's football 101. Guys who don't even watch the game. Guys who yell up and have their bean dip during the Super Bowl and they're more interested in Super Bowl commercials than they actually are the game. Know that you got to get out of bounds. A teaching point? That's, that's where I draw the line. That is unacceptable. Trevor shouldn't throw to him if he knows he's a rookie and if he knows that he might not get out of bounds. So it, it, it feels like we're getting one to two to three of these every week now. Parker Washington running a wrong route. Trevor Lawrence gets hurt. Gregory Jr. can't understand what he's supposed to do because Cincinnati, albeit, is going to run a little bit of motion offense. And by the way, the crowd, you're too out on defense. Quiet down. This time here, you're not getting out of bounds. It's Tank Bigsby earlier in the year holding on to the football, you know, that whole strip sack. Uh, it's, it's their full-time job. You know, it, 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 we're making it seem like they played flag football or something, and they never played this contact sport. It's not that different from college to pro. That rule isn't. Neither one of them rule. I guess in college, the only rule that would have been different is the one with Tank Bigsby. But everything else that I said uh, applies Saturday and Sunday. So I'm between a rock and a hard place here because I refuse to make excuses. But I also am trying to talk with you tonight 
about your unrealistic expectations. Okay? I told you all along, this isn't a Super Bowl team. Not even close to being a Super Bowl team. I told you they'd win the AFC South. And I hate to be that guy. I told you, I told you, I told you. But I'm going to say it, and I'm going to say it, and say it, and say it, and say it, and say it. Until you build the wall with Duval, Until you build an offensive line. This is just going to be a football team. You got a quarterback whose head is spinning. That offensive line should be embarrassed. 26th in rushing? That's a big-time problem. Out of any team that's going to the playoffs, Jacksonville is by far the worst rushing team in the NFL, outside of the exception of Cincinnati, who was the worst rushing team in pro football, and we saw what they did to Jacksonville on the ground just a couple of weeks ago. They absolutely tore them off. All right, so let's get after it tonight. Uh, This thing is fixable. You can win the next three. Tampa's no problem, right? It's Tampa. Baker Mayfield? Come on. This is an automatic win, right? I don't know. (laughs) The line's flipped. That's not what Las Vegas is telling us. And the intangible is massive. Young kids at home, wife at home. You got to play a game on Christmas. Oh, oh, and that game doesn't tip off to what, 420? The way it takes to play an NFL game today, that's 720, probably over around 750. Oh, I got to shower up. Oh, I got to talk to the, oh, I got to talk to that rough media. Oh, I got to get the police escort to the tarmac. Oh, that long flight. Oh, my God, that long flight from Tampa to Jacksonville. Probably won't be home until 11, 1130, midnight. I'm going to miss Christmas Eve with the How much of a distraction is that for this football team? Hmm? Not a distraction to you because you're home with your family. Is it a distraction to them? A team that's lost three in a row. That is a colossal intangible. Keep that one in mind when you get ready to make your pick later in the week between the Jags and the Bucks. Opening comments tonight and every night brought to you by Shmunez Vision. They wish you a very happy holiday, as we do here at 1010XL in 92.5 FM. All right, they're your one-stop, everything that is your eyes. If you have bad eyes, maybe that was a good thing yesterday, watching this football team. But you want them improved as you do, in fact, Uh, move forward. There's so much more than just an eye examination. Very serious things, including medical and surgical eye care, including surgery on my right eye eight and a half years ago. Uh, Such problems could exist cataract style, cornea, uh, double vision, redness, blurriness. If any of this is an issue for you, check them out online. Just go to schmunezvision.com. Go to schmunezvision.com. Dot com care you can see when we come back we bring in the incomparable jj lasalva and we hear from you 641-1010 on the text line it's brought to you by lifetime enclosures into the night with rick baloo on 1010xl 92.5 fm all right 23-7 baltimore uh, the Jaguars play well enough yesterday defensively 
to win a football game this time. Uh, I think you have to fault the offense. You have to fault special teams. And coaching, Jacksonville 2-5 and five this year at the bank. They have one other opportunity that, of course, will be against Carolina. Uh, that's coming up in a week. They go to Tampa, where all of a sudden this line is basically switched. It was three points yesterday during the Jaguars game. And last night, I saw that it went down to Jacksonville minus one after it was announced that Trevor Lawrence was in the concussion protocol. I've seen some circles today where it's even even. Um, so it's virtually going to be a pick em, uh, depending on what goes on with Trevor Lawrence. Off day tomorrow. And, you know, off day tomorrow, and we'll find out certainly more on Wednesday. I'm still shocked he played a couple of weeks ago after rolling the ankle. So I'm not going to put anything on this percentage-wise as to whether or not he goes. He is a tough guy. I'll give you some bad news. All right, give it to us. Um, on both sports books that I frequent, I just went to both of them, and there's no line on the game. They took the game off the board. Mm. I, I would assume he plays, but I'm just saying – they don't know enough to put the game up. Uh, that would be concerning early in the week for me. Some criticism I received was, well, if it happened at the five-minute mark, why wasn't he removed from the game? He didn't say anything until after the game. Okay? So, you know, let's... Let's put the facts out there. He didn't say a word. And if it did happen on that play, if you know the play I'm talking about, there were two rushes that that Lawrence had late in that fourth quarter. Both of them were towards the Baltimore sideline. Actually, three rushes on one of them right at the five-minute mark. He did not go down. And he took a shot, and he was also, if you remember, he was really thrown to the ground. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of people who believe that that is actually where the concussion did take place. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. Doug Peterson didn't know the answer to that. You know, we weren't allowed to speak with Trevor Lawrence last night after the game. Uh, it's an NFL rule that if you are in the concussion protocol, you you do not speak to the media. So that's very understandable. And, you know, it's disappointing. I don't see anyone be hurt, particularly with that type of injury. I, I really would have liked to have heard from Trevor uh, to kind of get his feeling on what happened yesterday. I mean, they were moving the football. I think they had 181 yards in the first half and zero points. That just can't happen. And I understand the six with the missed field goals. But they were zero for three in the red zone. And remember that one sequence of plays that um, that did happen? It was, I want to say the Jaguars had the ball on Baltimore 16. And on first down and 10 from the 16, they handed the football off to Travis Etienne, who had a two-yard uh, two loss. Then 
Evan Ingram with a false start. I mean, I was yelling about pre-snap penalties last week. I think he had five a week ago, or it may have been two weeks ago. Sometimes things get cluttered for me during losing streaks. But here's Evan Ingram, who's having a career year. False start. So instead of being, you know, first and 10, all of a sudden you're second and 12, all of a sudden you're second and 17, right? Then you have a Parker Washington drop. And then Trevor Lawrence, it's like third, yeah, it was third and 18, whatever the heck it was. And and Trevor tries to make a play. Trevor picks up, what, seven to 10 yards worth and then just drops the football at the 18-yard line. That, that, that is a killer. You, you can't allow that to happen uh, at this level. And it did yesterday, and it ended up really hurting uh, this football team. All right. Uh, outside of that, um, there were a couple of good things that I saw yesterday. Okay, I I think Monteric Brown is playing some really good football. I thought Dewey played some decent football. Uh, You know, they went to quite a bit of that three safety look and you're missing your best safety in Andre Sisco. Uh, That is something that you don't want. And, you know, hopefully you'll be able to get him back this weekend. You know, I've said all along, I think Tyson Campbell's their best corner. That's not a shock. Darius Williams obviously having a, uh, a better season. Here comes Baker Mayfield, and he's got a lot of weapons. As you know, it's a, particularly with Mike Evans. Okay, what is it now? Nine straight years, 1,000 yards or more, maybe 10. It's, it's just absolutely baffling what he has done. He's such an imposing target. And all of a sudden, you look at Baker. The guy never gets any recognition, but he's going to be playing at home, and he's coming off of maybe the greatest game of his NFL career. So all of a sudden, the confidence level is going to be very high for Tampa Bay. And, you know, if they're looking at this secondary, they're going to watch the film and they're going to understand that Jacksonville, for the most part, tried to take away running the football first. That's why you had Antonio Johnson in for nearly 30 plays and you went to some of those three safety looks. And as well, he played an awful lot just at nickel. I want to say Trey Herndon only got seven snaps. Uh, in this game. But you also notice that they did a pretty decent job against Odell Beckham. They did a pretty decent job yesterday against the rookie Flowers out of Boston College. I mean, look at the numbers here. Let's see. Odell Beckham, one reception, 14 yards on three targets. You're going to take that any day of the week. Uh, Zach Flowers, one of two for seven yards. So when they watch the recent film... They're going to be able to recognize that. And I would totally expect that that Jacksonville defensively is obviously going to make some changes towards a more of a pass-first offense compared to what they just faced yesterday, which came into the league as the number one rated rushing offense in the NFL. And again, those final numbers, I think they're skewed a little bit because Jacksonville could not find pay dirt and Baltimore just simply ran the ball in the second half, and and obviously Jackson uh, had a huge game. Boy, I hated to see that Mitchell kid go down. He was fun to watch. It's not too often where I watch someone going up against Jacksonville, and I'm like, what's going on here? But it, yesterday was like kind of a learning day for me uh, when it came to uh, observing 
a Mitchell. And, you know, you saw that free kit. Uh, he's gone now absolutely for the rest of the year. And who knows what his situation will be going into next year. That's Keaton Mitchell. Nine carries, 73 yards, and just absolutely explosive. Undrafted free agent, by the way. Yeah, I'm trying Jax, to remember. How, how's y'all's drafted running backs doing? trying to remember who he reminded me of. Uh, a faster Kevin Falk. You know, Deion James, maybe. Um, who was the kid out of Auburn years and years ago who played for the San Diego Chargers? You know, we're going – he was like after the Chuck Muncie years, uh, something James. I can't. I can't think of his name. He was like the. Ex- actually, I think he kind of came in towards the Lionel. end. Lionel. Lionel James, kind of came in towards the end of Air Coriel. I mean, this guy's five. They list him at five nine. No way was he five nine. And I loved watching him run the ball. He only got forty seven carries all year. Average of 8.4, 396 yards on, on 47 carries. And, you know, that's what a good offense does. That's what a good rushing offense does. We're so about the pass. Everything in this league is about the pass. But running the football is so much more effective top the bar, top the bottom unless – you're really trailing, you know, late in the game and you have to make up a lot of points, kind of like we saw a week ago tonight when Tennessee came from behind with less than five minutes to go against Miami. When you're able to run the football, you control the time of possession and you keep your defense rested. And I know you're not going to earn any style points, and I know that NFL fans, for the most part, don't like it the way that they do a passing style of offense, but I would love it if Jacksonville could hang their hat on a great rushing offense with a dominant offensive line and a team that ran the ball. And, you know, right now Baltimore's the number one rushing offense in the NFL. Yeah, but don't you have to have the threat of, you know, the quarterback on the the play actions? You know, like, you're not going to get that with Trevor ever. You know, the defense has to... Always be watching Lamar. So like, oh, no, and no he's doubt. great at the fake handoff. Like you almost can't tell even on TV, you know, which if the running back has or not. Like he looked you're like never an MVP going last night. To get that with any other quarterback or with a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, that's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right because he is the leading rusher. Maybe he hurts. had 100 yards yesterday. But even if he doesn't, it's the threat. I yeah. mean, you don't have that threat with Trevor. Yeah, Hurts is a but good he, one. I mean, listen, he's doing this right now without his leading rusher. He's doing this without one of the top five tight ends in the game and Mark Andrews, and they didn't miss a beat. I mean, you took you took two huge parts away from that offense, and, and, and Jackson is so talented. And, and not only that, but there's always the threat that he can throw the ball. I mean, you still have OBJ on one side. You got this Zach Flowers kid. He didn't do anything yesterday, Zay. but I want to – uh, Zay Flowers, I want to say he's over 700 yards, you know, 600 yards, 700 yards as a rookie. Still has put up uh, some, some pretty good numbers. But there's never been a case where Jacksonville, even when you had James Robinson and, uh, and Travis Etienne, there's never been a feeling that 
this football team, you really have to set up and try to stop the run. And to be fair, there's not a lot of teams in the NFL that are that way. I just wish Jacksonville was. And, you know, it feels like this league is almost first to 30, if that makes any sense. So we're teams that is going to come out and, and try to outgun you uh, quarterback-wise. But, you know, I think this has been a really down year for quarterback play, right? I mean, we don't have a quarterback yet with more than 30 touchdowns. I was ha- it was a conversation that I was having in the box yesterday. Who is the MVP right now? Is it Tua? Is it Purdy? Is it Dak? Is it Lamar? It's got to be one of those four, right? Purdy is the big favorite right now. We have 13 receivers with 1,000 yards or more. I think it was 2019 where we had 29 in the league. But right now, going into tonight, okay, we, and um, we have 13. You know how many rushers in the NFL have more than 1,000 yards? One. Let's think about that for a moment. 13 to 1. And we got a game tonight. And, you know, for what it's worth, I got got to uh, hit this break. For what it's worth, I think we get number 14 uh, tonight because Devontae Smith is over 900 yards. Okay, he's got 907, so he needs a big night. He's certainly going to get there. So they have two receivers. Like, I'm assuming A.J. Brown has 1,000 yards. Oh, yeah. That's impressive. Oh, yeah. No question about it. And, you know, the flip side of this is we know how poor – Jacksonville's rushing offense is. Again, they're 26 in the NFL. Their leading receiver is 31st in the NFL. And that's Christian Kirk. And right behind him is Calvin Ridley, who's 32nd in the NFL. So, again, we're talking about a playoff team. We're talking about a team that is going to win the AFC South. In my opinion, is going to win the AFC South. But ask yourself, what do they really do well? They certainly don't run the ball. I mean, don't even share that comment with us because it's a lie. It's, does this football team pass the ball well? I just gave you the facts. The 31st and 32nd best wide receivers in the NFL are Kirk and Wrigley. 31 and 32. Doesn't add up. All right, we got much more to do. If you want to join the conversation, 641-1010 on the text line. That's brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Marvin Jones Jr. on his way to God's country. Text his daddy a couple hours ago. Uh, family very excited. Two years at Georgia. He will be on his way to Florida State. Signing day coming up on Wednesday. I guess the big story now is about flipping. And so much more of that is absolutely going to happen with the NIL coming into play. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in this state. All three teams, uh, Florida, Florida State, Miami, going to have really good recruiting classes, freshmen. Uh, they're coming in. But as always, the transfer portal is enormous. And Florida State had DJU in. They also had Cam Ward in. Miami had Cam Ward. Uh, 
looks like it's down to those two. Although some are saying possibly the NFL uh, for Ward. Uh, we saw today that Jaden Daniels took himself out. He's not going to play in the ball game. All of a sudden, he's beginning to skyrocket up the NFL chart, and that typically is the case uh, with quarterbacks. Carson Beck did announce that he'll play in the Orange Bowl for Georgia, Jacksonville's own. Both teams, a lot of opt-outs for this game. Uh, if you missed it over the weekend, Trey Benson said he's not playing. Jaheim Bell said he's not playing. Fabian Lovett uh, did indicate that he's going to the NFL draft. He, he could have played another year. Uh, Johnny Wilson previously had stated that. So it's going to be um, it's going to be nuts. It, it really is watching that bowl game uh, coming up on. Uh, uh, I guess it's two weeks away uh, from now. Um, I got to get caught up here because we're I've been a little bit long winded with with everything that we did witness yesterday, but. Yeah, I, I wrote this down a few weeks ago, and I mentioned it briefly, and I figured I'd go back to it. Now it almost seems like a ridiculous question to ask. But two weeks ago, my thought was, why can't the Jaguars play a 60-minute game? Why can't they? And, you know, last year we saw incredible come-from-behind victories, including against Baltimore. They scored 18 points in the fourth quarter last year. That was their team. Couldn't do much in the first half. Kind of a renegade uh, operation in the second half. Cardiac kids, if you will. All those come-from-behind victories, playoff victory, you name it. This year was different. They got out, got leads, double-digit leads, kept leads. But I don't want to use the word style points in the NFL. Style points is for college football, right? But it just, it didn't feel, and I'm getting this from what you told me, it didn't feel complete. Even the victories, they were like, well, you know, they they weren't desirable enough. And, and, And that's kind of why I started with tonight, like, what do you want? And... You know, what's great about this organization is so many of you were here from day one. Now, this isn't like following the Bears or the Packers. This is following the Jaguars. They've been here since 1995. It, it, it doesn't take a lot of research. It doesn't take a lot of time to study this organization day one on. Okay? And unfortunately... It's a losing organization. Three AFC championship games. You're 8-8 eight and eight in the playoffs. Better than some, better than Detroit, better than Cleveland. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a very basic blueprint of, a, of an organization. And I noticed it early on, and J.J. and I talked about it. I was kind of like, even when this team was winning, it wasn't good enough. It was like there were still complaints. And... As far as I'm concerned, I don't care how you win in this league. As long as you win, period, you move on. When all of a sudden they're on the other side of things and they're losing a bunch of games and these same people are 
going absolutely crazy right now. And I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I had him 10 and 7. Then I switched to 11 and 6. We did that video thing. What? I was the lowest. I had the lowest win total out of the hosts on this radio station. Didn't someone have a 16 and 1? Didn't we have 15 and 2s, 14 and 3s? I, I don't want to I don't want to throw anyone out of the bus. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I don't know about the 15 and 1 or whatever. I 16 hope 16 and 1. Jesus. Oh yeah. I remember. Oh yeah. But uh yeah, a lot of hype uh coming out of the off or coming into the season yeah. from the off season. Right. And I was 10 and 7 and I was hearing it. Oh, believe you're this, or believe you're that. Ten and seven, you gotta be. I'm like, what do you, what do you want from me? They were nine and eight, and one and one in the playoffs. And I had them at ten and seven, and I actually switched it after training camp, and went to eleven and six. I'll take eleven and six right now in a heartbeat. That means we, they win the next three. You think they're gonna win the next three? I think they'll be lucky to win two out of three. If I put ten grand on the table right now and said three and oh, two and one, one and two, zero and three. Two and one. I probably would do the same. But I could see a one and two. Uh I you know, here, I'll put it better this way. Uh, I think they're more likely to go oh and three than three and oh. It's a week to week league. All of a sudden, this game in Tampa is a massive game because it's just as important to the Buccaneers. And they're playing in the worst division in football. Let me pull this up real quick uh, before the um, before the break. Tampa Bay seven and seven with the Saints at seven and seven. Atlanta one game out six and eight. But here's the the most important number. Points, I always look at points scored, points allowed. For the season, Tampa Bay, plus six. Jacksonville, a better record, eight and six. Points scored, points allowed, plus six. Okay? Another key ingredient to look at, Tampa Bay. They've won three straight. Jacksonville, they've lost three straight. Now, it doesn't mean they can't turn around. Again, we saw San Francisco roll in here two months ago. They had lost three straight. I don't think San Francisco's lost since. San Francisco's won six in a row. So it's, it's funny how these things change. I, you know, look, I don't care when I did the prediction. I had Baltimore winning this game. I was wrong the last two weeks. I had Jacksonville over Cincinnati. I had Jacksonville over Cleveland. And, uh, you know, when I made those picks during the regular season, I actually had Cincinnati and Cleveland winning because I thought it would be Joe Burrow and Deshaun Watson. The week of the game, we knew that those were not the quarterbacks. I picked Jacksonville. They lost. But Carolina's a winner yesterday. Tennessee, they're officially out of the playoffs. But that, that or, you know, that franchise plays hard. Uh, let me update you on this. This is the way things do look heading into tonight and then heading into – Next weekend, uh, there's only one team in the AFC that has clinched a playoff berth, and that is Baltimore in the AFC North with a record of 11-3. and three. Uh, The New York Jets are out at 5-9. and nine. That's a 13th consecutive year that the Jets are not going to the playoffs. 
13 consecutive years. Two years ago, they had the number two pick uh, behind Trevor Lawrence. That's three years ago. New England, 3-11, and 11, out. Tennessee, 5-9, and nine, out. A, uh, NFC, Philadelphia and Dallas. Eagles, 10-3. They've clinched a playoff spot. Of course, they play tonight. Dallas, 10-4. They have clinched a playoff spot. What were you telling me earlier? Philadelphia has not knocked off Seattle in 15 years. Yeah, they're 0-7 in that 15-year stretch. I was shocked by that. But uh, both quarterbacks, both starting quarterbacks, look like they'll be playing tonight. Both were sort of questionable. Geno's going to dress. They're not saying he's starting, uh, but Jalen Hurts will dress and will start tonight. He's had the flu or something. San Francisco at 11-3. and three. They've already clinched their division. Teams in the NFC who are officially eliminated from the playoffs, the Washington Commanders, the Carolina Panthers, and the Arizona Cardinals. Every other team is in it either to win the division or win a wild card in both the AFC and NFC, respectively. All right, let's get to some of yours. I, I've been telling you that for quite some time. Uh, they've been rolling in here on our text line, which is brought to you by Lifetime Enclosure. 641-1010. Uh, give us what's on your mind tonight, good or bad, or somewhere in between. We'll nail some of them for you out here in hour number two. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Playoffs this weekend. The Jaguars are hosting. They're still the four seed. They would be taking on a team with a better record, however, and a team that has defeated the Jaguars. The Cleveland Browns, a five seed with a record of nine to five. Baltimore would get the bye. Number two, Miami would host the third wild card team, number seven, Indianapolis. How about the game Gardner Minshew had? Over the weekend, you look at guys like Gardner Minshew and Baker Mayfield, basically afterthoughts. I mean, this week, what? Zach Wilson went down. Um, uh, I can't even think of his name. The kid who's getting all the press now in New York. DeVito. Yeah, Tommy DeVito went down. Obviously, Lawrence uh, was nicked up. Uh, for, for a period of time, Brock Purdy went down. So you probably, and I'm just saying you as in like you as in all of the listeners, you probably would think that this year there's been like an exceptionally high amount of quarterback injuries. Actually, that's not the case. Last year through this same week, whatever it is, week 13, whatever, there's actually, there last, last year there was one more quarterback started than this year. I think it was wow. like 59 to 58. Are you this kidding me? Is, no. This is just something that happens. I know the late John Clayton, that was his go-to. He used to grade quarterback starts and quarterback snaps and all that stuff. It was kind of like his little thing away. Boy, I miss John. But um, that's a shock to me. If that me was too. A, if that was a bar bet. <laughs> I, I would have lost all my cash. Yeah, you know what? I wonder how many last year, though, were – benchings compared to injuries. That's, Maybe. That'd take a little bit more work. I mean, there has been some benchings this year. Certainly, both Zach New York. Zach Wilson's been benched, yep. I feel like, five times. Mac Jones. 
Uh, the Vikings just benched their quarterback. Channy Hill. Boy, Levis, there's another quarterback who went down. He has a high ankle sprain. On the final play. And that play looked ugly, it man. It really did. His whole body was like getting uh, kind of yeah. pulled back while his leg was stuck under a player. Mm-hmm. It was rough to watch. Uh, three seed is Kansas City. They would host the six seed Cincinnati. And as I said earlier, Jacksonville a four seed against a five seed in Cleveland. But, you know, you still have several teams that are in the hunt. Okay, Houston eight and six, Buffalo eight and six, Pittsburgh seven and seven. Another team that made a quarterback change. Denver seven and seven. Vegas and L.A. hanging on here by a thread. Uh, Vegas is six and eight. L.A. five and nine. They're still in it. Unlike five and nine teams, Tennessee and the New York Jets were both out. Uh, NFC San Francisco will get the bye. Number two seed is Philly. Again, they're playing tonight. Uh, They would take on a seven seed, the Rams. Three seed, Detroit. Boy, it looked like they turned some things around. I think Detroit was, I want to say they were six and one and eight and two. Then they let a couple get away. They're now 10 and four. They would take on a six seed in Minnesota. And Tampa. Tampa's in the exact same position as Jacksonville, the leader of their division and a four seed. They would take on a five-seed Dallas, and that is the way the playoffs would look right now in the NFC. Uh, 50-46, Baloo, this goes back to my comment on uh, Kirk and Ridley. Uh, 50-46 says, stats are measured on uh, productivity. Ridley and Kirk are better than those rankings. The inability to run the football is number one problem. If you can't run the ball between the tackles, the RPO game is dead. Linebackers are getting out fast into their drops. There's there's some truth to that. I agree that Kirk's better than that. Yeah, uh, I don't think Ridley is. We we have certainly found out this year that Christian Kirk is a better wide receiver than Calvin Ridley, and to me that is such a shame because I it's impossible for me to erase what I witnessed at the Miller Electric Center in the month of August. Calvin Ridley was absolutely spectacular. And it it just hasn't worked for Calvin Ridley. In the last three weeks, he's like 4 of 13, 5 of 12. I mean, it is crazy. If you really look at the receptions compared to attempts with Calvin Ridley, I, I would have to believe it's one of the worst ratios in the NFL. It's 60 for 109 right now for 781 yards. Okay, Christian Kirk, 57 for 85. Evan Ingram, 88 for 109. So same amount of targets. Ingram has 28 more receptions. Now, I understand the average is a little bit different. Ingram's only 8-3, and Calvin Ridley is 13. And it, it feels like everyone's piling on Calvin Ridley. I, I, I think when you don't, meet expectations, and depending on how you rank this team, uh, that's fair. Uh, for me, it's right around what I expected, right? 10-7, and 11-6. Uh, for others, no. They were expecting 12, 13, 14. We, we got into it a little bit earlier. Um, it feels like Ridley's becoming a big part of this blame game, whether that's fair or unfair. 
I, I will say this, though. There's no way I'm paying this man top five wide receiver money. He turns 20 on Wednesday. Uh, 29 on Wednesday. So there's no way I could do that. Hey, one other comment to the 50-46. I'm a huge numbers guy. But you can always spin it. Are you an NBA player who gets 20 a night? But do you get 20 a night because you go seven of, you know, because you go seven you of 15. 20 shots or 10 seven, shots? Yeah, seven of 15 from the field and you make six free throws. Or do you get 20 a night and you make eight shots a night, but you take 25 shots or, or whatever? It, stats can be skewed. And there are times where you'll have wide receivers who have much more yardage but it's because their team is down by a couple of touchdowns, and all you're going to do is throw the football in the fourth quarter. Instead of, you know, Jacksonville, remember that stretch where they were up by double digits at half? They were up by double digits for the remainder of the game. You can be a balanced attack. I remember a couple of these games a few weeks ago, even though Jacksonville was struggling to run the football, I want to say Tennessee and Houston. They still ran it 36 and 30 times, respectively, and their yards per was terrible. It was like just over three. But they still tried to address running the football for several reasons. The most important, you have the lead, you take the clock. Keep it ticking. But, yeah, if Jackson was down like they were yesterday in so many of these games, then you can make the case that that Kirk and Wrigley would have a couple hundred yards more receiving a piece. So that's fair. I I agree with that. Also, Kirk at this point's missed like three games, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, he would have had a career year. He would have. Uh, 44-45, Belil, hey, Rick, uh, Soto's pass really have uh, been trash throwing them up double coverage. I mean, um, on some of those passes from Trevor have been terrible. Yeah, m- maybe. And he's number one in the league in forcing PIs. That's a hidden stat. Jacksonville's number one uh, in the NFL in that category. So that's something that, um, you know, you can take with you as well. Uh, 31-39, I get shades of the 2018 coming off a strong 2017. What I mean by that is the front office content, essentially keeping yada, 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 nothing outside of the guard free agency, luxury picks. It is what it is. We aren't having the ball bounce our way. Um, Well, there's a big difference between 2017 and 2018. You have a quarterback. I know you're upset with him right now, but you have a quarterback. And you have a quarterback who's pressing. You have a quarterback who's trying to make plays. And I have to imagine this is very difficult for Doug Peterson, a former quarterback himself. Trevor made. Way too many mistakes yesterday. The most egregious, just dropping the ball on the 18. But, you know, he took that sack, should have gotten rid of it. He took another one where he threw it, and it didn't hit the line of scrimmage. So that was a 15-yard grounding. And, you know, not getting down. Man, you have to get down. So, I mean, that's just off the surface. I, I think of four huge mistakes that Trevor Lawrence made. And... You know, I, <clears throat> during halftime, I 
bumped into a couple of clients and went and visited some good folks. And, and uh, I was talking with a buddy of mine and he was visibly upset at half. You know, he's, we lost, we left 12 points on the field. How can we do this? You know, how can you not get out of bounds? How are they doing? When is Trevor going to learn? And, and that was the thing. How much longer is he going to be protected? When's he going to learn? And, and I thought it was a really good point. It's like this man's a winner. All he does is win. He's a tough guy. He came back after the ankle. I have no idea if he'll be able to play this weekend now that he's in the concussion protocol. But he's a tough guy. All right? But he has to learn. I, I, I appreciate that he's trying to make a play. But he's also hurting the team more than helping the team when he makes those type of mistakes. I'm sure privately he's frustrated. Only officially sacked once yesterday, but there was a ton of pressure on him. 18 turnovers, 18 touchdowns. He led the league in fumbles last year. Yeah, eight of them so far. I think last year he had 12 fumbles, nine lost is my unofficial number. Eight lost so far this year. I'm not sure Mm. how many he's actually fumbled. Well, that's not good. Uh, where did uh, – what was I looking for? Pressures? Pressures allowed yesterday. What, and I don't know if this I, – I, Walker Little allowed eight? That, that feels like – if that number's – and I haven't seen Pro Football Focus yet. If that number's correct, I feel like that's what he's allowed all year combined. In one game. He was by far their best offensive lineman in the first four games of the year until Cam came back. And then remember, in game five, he slid over to left guard and was injured after 11 plays and then missed some time. Uh, Trevor, by the way, 10 fumbles, six lost. This year? Yeah, and 10 interceptions. Mm. Uh, so these are unofficial numbers. Pressures allowed yesterday. Walker Little, eight. Fortner, four. Harrison, three. Sheriff in Cleveland, one. And it's pointed out by Doug Peterson. I mean, three of these offensive linemen are hurt. And I'm not an excuse maker. They're hurt. Sheriff is hurt. Okay? Walker Little is hurt. Uh, Ezra Cleveland is hurt. Anton Harrison got hurt in camp with the shoulder. Uh, Fortner, I, I don't know what they're going to do there. That, that's a real problem. You know, you, you rank positions. Quarterback's number one. What's two? Is it left tackle? Is it pass rush end? That's probably two and three. It always used to be corner. Corner's being diminished a little bit because there's a feeling around the NFL that, yeah, corner can shut down a top wide receiver, but you can also elect to be crafty enough where you just stay away from that corner. And it's a good argument. I I still happen to think a cornerback is incredibly important. Probably right up there is the fourth most important position. Center seems to be a position that is neglected, right? Just do your job. Snap the ball and hold off the the defensive tackle for, you know, three, three and a half seconds. This year has been a real indictment for Luke Fortner. This is one of the worst rushing teams in the NFL, and he is getting blown off the ball. 
Uh, and he's not a kid. He was a 24-year-old rookie. He's not gotten any stronger. I, I think that that position, I, I think it becomes a Ben Barch deal. I, I, I think you tried, and they did try with Ben Barch. Last year he went out, what, four or five weeks in? Brought him back this year, tried him again. He wasn't good enough. I, I think that, and, and, you know, I respect the fact that he's got, what, 17, 14. He's got 31 regular season starts, two playoff games. He's played 33 football games. His grades are terrible. They're bad. It, it, this isn't a personal attack. It's a professional attack. He doesn't do a good job. And, you know, forever, you, you had what, Wydell, then you had Meester, then you had uh, Linder. I mean, centers always, even though I thought Linder was ridiculously overrated, <laughs> Brandon Linder right now playing on this football team would make a whale of a difference compared to what they've been getting out of Brandon Fortner. And, and that, all of a sudden, that's going to become a pick that is really going to be scrutinized. They'll look at it, 33 career starts. Solid, consistent, healthy, working relationship with Trevor Lawrence. I'm looking at it as a problem. And that interior offensive line, all of a sudden, is a problem. Now, hopefully you can get something out of it. You know, maybe, you know I don't know. What, what do you have? Cooper Hodges, maybe? Right guard only? We know Sheriff's not coming back. Not at that price tag. Uh, let's get one more in. 7169 says, Baloo, uh, yada, yada, yada. Let's see, a team that is playing better than you before his mistakes. We'd not be able to eliminate the mistakes. There were many observant fans who had legitimate questions and we were winning, but uh, might not be sustainable. Most questions, criticism were shot down. Uh, this is a little bit long-winded. Uh, some guys get on me saying being too hard on the fans because their expectations were high and you, the media, are too fault. Well, there's truth there. I, I beat myself up every year. I, I am, if I was a teacher, I'd be a happy grader. I, I, I tell myself all the time, pipe it down. Pipe it down. Go back and listen to my... Go back and listen to my analysis on Tank Bigsby. I should be fired. Go back and listen to what I said about Calvin Wrigley in the month of August. I, I shouldn't be allowed on this radio station anymore. Okay? And there are people out there who trust what I say. I go to every single one of those practices. Every single one. Um, I don't know what to tell you about Tank Bigsby. I, I, I just, I don't even know what to say. Outside of, I am completely shocked. I, I also think Tank Bigsby's a guy who needs to get lathered up. I also believe that Tank Bigsby's a guy that you can't just give one carry to or two carries to. He needs a bunch of carries. And I know he's got issues. Hanging on to the football. You know, is he mentally into the game? But yeah, okay. I, I can handle that. I'm going to tell you what I see. Tank Bigsby in camp, and, and again, we are in a business where people are so scared to admit that they're wrong. I've never had that problem. I 
absolutely bragged about Tank Bigsby. And I won't mention anyone else, but I watched practice with quite a few people who echoed the same sentiment. You, you, you'll find it pretty hard to believe now, but I'm not going to steer away from it. And I'm not going to, listen, they're not going to give up on him. They invested a third round pick. That goes back to Fortner, too. Ego comes into play. You think Trent Bulky's going to give up on former third round picks? I mean, his ass is on the line with these picks. So, yes, ego does come into play. Uh, Final thought before we break. Trayvon Walker's playing good football. Josh Allen's playing outstanding football. Can you imagine what the defense would be like without the push they're getting? You had eight pressures yesterday by Allen. You had six by Walker. You're not getting anything from Chason. You're not getting anything from Smoot. You're getting very little from your interior defensive line. Gotsis here and there. You're not getting any push. You've been a solid run defense up until yesterday. Uh, You were fourth in the NFL. That dropped down significantly after giving up 251 rushing yards. But when it comes to getting to the quarterback, and, hey, listen, the quarterback you faced yesterday is basically unlike any other quarterback in the league. He's just spectacular. I mean, he is incredible, Lamar Jackson. And even in that first series, I was surprised they held him to a field goal. It's like he's doing whatever he wants to do. And, and Jackson came up pretty big, particularly on third down uh, early in that game. All right, what do we have over there on the other side? You're such a gift giver. Yeah, we have tickets to the Gator Bowl. A uh, pair of tickets to Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, Clemson versus Kentucky, Everbank, December 29th at noon. Tell us who's playing in the game. We'll give you the tickets. Kidding. It's going to be a great game. Um, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? What do I want to do? Tell you what. Keep it right there. We'll come back, and we'll announce what we're going to do. That's on the other side. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Really, really sad Sunday, the passing of Jim Ladd. I think arguably the greatest the greatest DJ of all time. Now, Howard Stern, I'm going to put in that category as well, I, and I put Howard over Jim Ladd. But, of course, Howard went on and and did all sorts of different things for uh, his entertainment. Jim Ladd stuck to rock and roll. But it was incredible. He was a West Coast guy, but he he had his free-form music show. And I I kid with J.J. about this, that kind of my um, – a big part of me would love to be like a late-night classic rock DJ. Yeah, I would absolutely – Learn to smoke cigarettes, probably three packs a show, and burn them out the back door, but play like four songs an hour and then talk in between songs. And that's what Jim Ladd did. And he was so incredibly respected. P 
Pink Floyd, The Doors, The Beatles, uh, all the L.A. bands. Uh, the Eagles, he was like the go-to. And he was in a lot of movies, um, cameos here, cameos there. He actually was on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And this guy partied with rock stars. Just think about how cool uh, that was. And for those of you a little bit older out there, if you ever listened to Jim Ladd, he he was great. And I envy his career. I get asked all the time, all these you know, athletes or anything, all everything, folks I've ever interviewed. Who, who would you? It's, it's weird. Maybe it's because I've been just doing this for so long. I'm a dime a dozen to them in a way. They're kind of a dime a dozen to me, regardless of their name. I, I would much rather have partied with rock stars. Can you imagine that life when they trust you? And just think about the way it was in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and even the 90s. And when you're coming out with a new album and you go to a place like Los Angeles and Jim Ladd brings you in the studio and you play a couple of tracks and maybe they play something live for you and you do a Q&A with them. And that's the way it was. And Jim Ladd was one of the greatest. So he died at 75. Really upset to hear about that. He was still on classic rock. Actually, he was doing deep cuts, I believe. On XM Sirius. Big fan of Jim Ladd. Now, Eric Montross passed as well. Cancer sucks. Gosh. Montross played for my Celtics, but I certainly remember him more as a college basketball player at, uh, at North Carolina. We, we've lost some really good people here at the, at the end in December of, uh, of 2023. A lot of you not familiar with Jim Ladd. Classic rock fans will be, though. Trying to think of who else I would even put up there. Stern, Jim Ladd, anyone else? I mean, these are so few and far between. There's really no one else that... There's a couple of Boston DJs that I grew up listening to back on WBCN that uh, were pretty good. But that was the deal back then. You know, Jake Isles, U2, Aerosmith. All right, two of the three of Boston bands. But like U2, like Boston really became like the first city to embrace them. And, I mean, I just can't imagine. I mean, I'm thrilled when I have Derek Trucks come in here and join me and Susan and Derek. And we get an opportunity here and there to talk with whoever, George Thurgood or uh, Robbie Krieger of the Doors, or whoever it may be, I I I just uh, I I love talking to uh, to artists, musicians, and maybe it's because I've only done so many. Uh, Alice Cooper, uh, so few over the years uh, compared to uh, to athletes. But hey, the way my career is going, JJ, who knows? Maybe I will get that classic rock gig. What midnight to three a.m. something like that? What do you think? I think you could probably start your own podcast and do whatever you want, whenever you want nowadays. Okay. I guess playing the music, though, you wouldn't have the rights. That's sort of... Well, when I'm playing the music, I could find something to numb the pain. You know, just kind of drift off. Imagine life with no sports. Or See, here's the difference between music and sports. Music ain't going to disappoint you. Right? Unless you play sad songs. 
unless you are of the mindset, you know, maybe you play some Barbara Streisand or some Barry Manilow and it, 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 it makes you sad. Well, I'm not going to do that for you. I'm going to play good music that gets you into the moment and makes you feel good. Sports, look at today. Look at today did to you. Sports is your friend? <laughs> look what Sunday night did to you. Look at your Monday did to you. Your love and your trust. And, you know, two and five at home this year. Twice in the last three weeks. You change schedules. You take the kids out of school. You take a half day. You maybe came in late today. I mean, you do everything. You change your life around Jaguar football. And they do what they did. <laughs> I mean, you don't get that way with music, right? Unless they put on a terrible show, which every once in a while happens if you go to a concert. But for the most part, they're on. Tickets, 641-1010. Who won last year's Gator Bowl? It was played December 30th, 2022. Who won it? You get to talk with JJ, and you'll get a couple of tickets for that game. Dr. Johnny Fever, I'm not aware of him. Late night DJ uh, Donald Fagan. Well, he's with... Donald Fagan is uh, obviously the lead singer of uh, Steely Dan, but not... uh, not for, see, whenever I mention this stuff, I know that it affects you because I'm getting hit after hit after hit after hit after hit after hit. Six four one ten ten on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosure. So about to hear about uh, Jim Loud lived in L.A. for 27 years. Yep, he was a legend. No doubt about it. All right, you talked to J.J. Who won last year's Gator Bowl? On the other side, final thoughts on this one. Hacker at 8. Now. Today's Takeaways, brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. All right, some great stuff on the lot right now over at Key Buick, Key GMC. Love my GMC. Sierra from Key and the GF her Buick Enclave. Again, plenty on the lot, 23s, 24s, used cars as well. Got my oldest daughter a used car from Key. So take advantage of what's going on right now in the month of December. And you got the rest of this week, certainly, before Christmas, which is one week from today. My takeaway is simply this. A lot of you are down on Trevor Lawrence right now. You were last night on social media. You have been as well today. Uh, To me, ask yourself, when are you going to get over it? Because do you think they beat Tampa Bay without him? This weekend, this game is just as important to the Buccaneers as it is for the Jaguars. So we'll know nothing tomorrow during an off day. I have a feeling we'll get a much better understanding on Wednesday when the Jaguars uh, hit the practice field. And that's typically the day that we get an opportunity to hear from Trevor Lawrence. I'm guessing we won't because of the NFL rule. Uh, Players do not speak once they are under the or while they are under the concussion protocol now the two-minute drill brought to you by tire outlet keeping the rubber on the road with wholesale prices and premium service tire outlet jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop all right hacker uh you know a week ago two weeks ago three weeks ago the whole year i thought this game at tampa would be show up win 
all of a sudden doesn't feel that way. No, uh, you take into account Lawrence's issue now, and even if Lawrence was in there, Tampa Bay's playing better than Jacksonville. Both teams desperately need it, uh, but boy, Baker Mayfield and the Bucks went into Lambeau yesterday and put one on Green Bay. Mike Evans, 92 career touchdown catches for that guy. That guy's insane. And then Chris Godwin had 10 grabs, the running game for Tampa. Jaguars, uh, I, I don't know how or why Jaguar fans feel at least going into last night, that, oh, yeah, Baltimore's going to be tough, but the last three are going to be easy, you know. Say what you will about Carolina and Tennessee. This Tampa game, is, to me, is going to be far, far from easy. Yeah, and, you know, I, I also wonder about that intangible. Some of those young families, whenever, away from their kids on Christmas Eve, they're not going to get back here until probably, you know, mid. Uh, they probably won't get home until midnight or so, you know, with this being a 4 o'clock game, not a 1 o'clock game. Yeah, I want to thank the NFL for doing that because we're scheduled to do a fifth quarter from 9 to 11 on uh, Sunday night. So the wife is really fired up about that. But, uh, look, it, it's fun to have games that matter in the month of December. Unfortunately, the Jaguars very easily after Sunday could find themselves staring up at a new division leader, whether it be Houston or Indianapolis. What a great Sunday with Cleveland going to Houston, with Indy going to Atlanta, and with Jacksonville going to Tampa Bay. Ten straight years of a thousand yards or more from Mike Evans. Yeah, ten straight. Crazy good. Yeah, crazy good. I don't think it's. As, I, I want to say Jerry Rice had eleven straight seasons, but I don't know if he began his career with it. I, I want to say that this is first time ever in the history of the game. I'll tell you this: he's a free agent at the end of the year. I wouldn't mind seeing him in Jacksonville to close out his career. He's thirty. Yeah, he'll be thirty-one in August. So he. I mean, you know, Ridley's going to be twenty-nine Wednesday. Yeah. So I mean, there's. A year and a half difference, but you know, two years difference between Evans and Ridley. Of course, T. Higgins is going to get the big money. If you tell me right now you can have T. Higgins, Mike Evans, or Calvin Ridley in 2024, uh, Ridley would be my third choice out of those three. It just doesn't feel like it's worked out for Calvin Ridley. No. Which, which to me is, is absolutely shocking based on what we saw in the month of August. I mean, keep in mind, I don't know what he's going to want salary-wise compared to a T. Higgins – but if you re-sign Ridley, that costs you a second-round pick. So not only are you paying him that money, you're giving your second-round pick to Atlanta, whereas if you don't do that, I think it's a fourth-rounder, and you would still have that second-round pick and that money to go get potentially T. Higgins or Mike Evans. All right, what else is coming up tonight? Yeah, obviously a lot of Jaguars. I know uh, Tony Baselli uh, commented on one of my posts on X earlier today, so I'll respond to that all in fun, of course. And uh, Dave Campo, Monday night coaching with Campo here on Hacker After Dark as the head coach had a lot to get off his chest on the fifth quarter. And we'll continue that conversation here in about a half an hour. All right, Hacker, have a lot of fun. That's going to do it uh, for us tonight. Uh, again, I don't check the text line now that the show is over. If you would like to get a hold of me, please do so on X or Twitter. All right, whatever it is that you like to call it. Uh, that is Baloo1010X. Have a great night for J.J. LaSalva. My name is Rick Bully. We'll talk tomorrow night after Helmets and Heels the rest of the week. This time, 6 to 8, right here on your Home of the Jags.